0: Well, church, if you have your Bibles, please open them to Matthew chapter 9. We'll be starting in verse 35 for a message entitled Thousand Pound Golden Boots. You might be thinking, what in the world are we going to study? Thousand Pound Golden Boots. Let's ask the author to help us to understand his word. Father, you are so good to us. You're faithful. You're kind. You're merciful. You're full of grace. You're full of truth. Lord, we just ask that You would teach us today. Lord, help us to understand Your Word. We pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would change us. Let Your Word penetrate us. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a little bit of uh, tinginess to that. I don't know if they can change that so thousand pound golden boots let's look at first matthew chapter 9 starting in verse 35 and this message is all about loyalty to jesus loyalty to jesus so following jesus is not a one time event but it's an everyday event and so as we're studying this scripture scripture i want you to be thinking about that 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 my loyalty is to jesus above all else it is It is above my loyalty to my family, to my friends, to my country. Loyalty to Jesus is above all else. And following Jesus is just not a one-time event. It's not that we receive Christ one day and we're considered to be done following Jesus. No, it's every day we want to follow Jesus. And so I hope this all makes sense as we take these different scriptures and put them together for this message that the Lord wants us to hear. So, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. into his harvest. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to obey this right now. I'm going to pray that God would send out laborers into the harvest because if you think about this if you are a farmer or you know a farmer, these guys they work so hard and so farmer will gather the seed. They'll put the seed out into the pastures, and then they pray for rain, and then they'll have an abundant crop, Lord willing. And so think about this picture is that the harvest is plentiful, as in it is ready to be picked. I mean, imagine that you are a farmer and that you've invested all of your life savings into the fields, and you see out there, there's a beautiful harvest ready to be picked, Imagine that there was no tractors or harvesters, but we just need people to go into your pastures, into your farm, into your field. That's still really tingy, Chris. Can you go do something with that, please? So you, you, you are going to go out into your fields looking for laborers to come into your harvest. But imagine that you look around and there are no people, there are no laborers, To help bring in the harvest. That's the picture that Jesus has painted. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so, what's the harvest? Well, the harvest is souls. All throughout this world, there are people ready to be harvested. And what that means is, there are people ready to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That He died on a cross for us. That He rose again on the third day. And that by believing in Him, you shall be saved there are people ready to hear that message. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So Jesus is telling his disciples that over 2,000 years ago, but the same truth is today. The harvest is plentiful, but sadly the laborers are few. And so what God has instructed us to do is pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you right now. Now, I hope that you're able to get your heart in a place that says this, Lord, I know that Pastor Rusty is going to pray right now. I know that he's going to pray that laborers will be sent out into the harvest. And Lord, if you want me to go... I will go. If he prays and you put it on my heart to do something, Lord, I will do it. I would encourage you to make that your prayer between you and the Lord right now, that no matter what, no matter how good things are going in your life, that if the Lord calls you into his harvest, that you will go anywhere. That you will go anywhere. So I'm just going to take like 15, 20 seconds. And if you're willing to say that before I pray, You're really willing to say, Lord, if you call me and I know that it's you, I will go anywhere. I will do anything. Because here he says that his harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so we're going to pray. So I'm just going to be silent for 15, 20 seconds. And if in your heart you could say, Lord, if you call me, I will go. So, Father, we pray, I pray that you would send out laborers from this congregation into the harvest. Lord, you know exactly how to communicate with your kids. You know exactly how to tell them where you want them to go, what you want them to do, what you want them to say. And Father, you said that we are to be obedient to you. And Jesus, you said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And we are to pray to you for more laborers. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would rise up more laborers from this congregation to go into your harvest. Lord, and that they would know by the power of the Holy Spirit exactly what you're calling them to do. Lord, and that they would say yes. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so what we're doing is we're praying, Lord, if you want me to go, I will go. Now, what does that mean? I do not want to overly clarify that. I don't want to overly simplify that. Here's the thing is that the Bible says that everybody who is a Christian has God the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And God the Holy Spirit can call us and can show us exactly what we're supposed to do. Show us where our harvest is. Our harvest might be close. Our harvest might be across the world. But I do know this, is that the harvest is plentiful because our God says it was plentiful. But he says this, there's, the laborers are few. And you have to ask yourself, why is, it, why is there few laborers? Why is it that there's few laborers? Well, we're going to look at some different scriptures and see some of the reasons why there's few laborers into the harvest. And I hope that we are all a little bit... Pierced by this message. See, some people come into church and they say this, you know what, I just want to be encouraged. I want to feel good. And you know what, God does that sometimes. And we leave here feeling, we're just overjoyed about God's goodness or His grace. And we just think, man, that's so good. We talk about, you know, family and food. And we leave here thinking, I'm going to go enjoy those things and praise God for those messages. There's other times and there's other people when they come to church, they say this, listen, I need a wake-up. I need you to shake me because I'm falling asleep in this race. I need you to step on my toes. No, this message might step on your toes, but it's, straightly, it's straight from God's word. And I, I'll tell you what, I need messages like this, and I think you do too. And so you're going to hear some hard things from Jesus. Right from Jesus' mouth, you're going to hear some things, and you think, man, wow, Jesus said those things? But I hope you leave here with a new focus saying this. You know what, Lord? The harvest is plentiful, and I'm one of your laborers, and I want to be in the harvest. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 says this. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. So, I mean, maybe we've said that, Jesus, listen, no matter what you say, I will follow you wherever you go. Maybe it was the day you received Christ your Savior, you said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And that is a great thing to say. But here's the thing, is that Jesus clarified what it was to follow him. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. See, what the, what Jesus wanted this person to understand is that there is a cost to follow Christ. There's a cost. And so this person just comes and excited, excited says, listen, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. And Jesus didn't say this, man, that's great. I'm going to make it so nice for you. It's going to be easy. It's going to be so, so fun. You're going to be fat and happy. Oh, man, we're going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton everywhere we go. You're going to love it. It's gonna be amazing no he says this foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head verse 59 to another he said follow me i mean think about this jesus christ the creator of heaven and earth the creator of you he comes to you he's looking at this person he says this follow me Now, this could have been a first, like, follow me, receive me as your Savior, but then it's a continual follow me for the rest of your life, as in go into my harvest. So imagine that you're this person, and Jesus says, follow me. Think about this. This is a real person. I don't know where this person is. It's in Scripture. But this person, whether they received Christ as their Lord and Savior and followed him, and they're with, with God now. They're in heaven forever. If this person totally rejected Christ and died in their sins, this person has been in hell for over 2,000 years. And here's the thing, saints, it doesn't end. After a thousand years of being separated with, with, from Christ in a place called hell, it doesn't end. After a million years, it doesn't end. After 10 million years, it doesn't end. And here, this person had a chance where Jesus says, follow me. And listen, look at, the, look at what this says. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Lord, first I have to do something. Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Go into the harvest and be a laborer and proclaim the kingdom of God. See, sometimes we come up with excuses. You know what, Lord, I can't do that. I can't go there because of this. Now you think, wow, wait a minute, you're saying Jesus said that? Yeah, Jesus said that. Leave the dead to bury the dead. Follow me. See, here's the thing, is that Jesus was getting them to understand that he requires loyalty. Loyalty above all else. Loyalty even above your own dad. And he tells this person to go and proclaim the kingdom. Verse 61, yet another said, I will follow you. Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my house. Come, says Jesus, listen, I'll follow you. See, that person, they might not follow you, but I'll follow you. But first, let me go do this first. Let me go say goodbye. And you think, well, wouldn't, surely Jesus would say, yeah, go say goodbye and then come back. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so trying to explain away exactly what it meant, like, wait a minute, bury the dead. It was it, was, it was that dead? It was, what was going on? That's not the point. The point is this, is that God is requiring loyalty above all else. He requires us to be loyal to him. No matter what, he, what is going on in our lives, but when the Holy Spirit says this, this is what you're to do. You say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. See, if there's an excuse that comes up and says, Lord, but listen, I, don't, I can't do it because of these reasons. Jesus requires absolute loyalty. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 through 39 says this. Do you think, this is Jesus talking, that I have come to bring peace to the earth? So Jesus is coming and saying this. He came to the earth, and people are thinking, man, it's the political Messiah. He's going to bring peace. He's going to kick out the Romans. We're going to be in charge, and Jesus is saying this. Do you think that I came to bring peace to this earth? I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies Will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Saints, I hope that you love God more than you love your spouse. More than you love your kids, more than you love your grandkids, more than you love your your town or your state or your country. I hope that your loyalty and that your love dwarfs your love for all those other things. Because here's the thing, Saint, to be involved in God's harvest is the highest calling that we could ever do in life. It's an amazing calling. And so when God says, hey, follow me. Come into my harvest and go proclaim my word. We need to say, yes, Lord. We don't want to say, well, wait a minute. What about my grandkids? Uh, we've got everything all dialed in and they live close to us. And we, we get together on Sundays after church. I, I have a good thing going. And the Lord is telling you, this is what I'm calling you to. I'm calling you to go somewhere. He said, no, I've lived in Russellville my whole life. I can't do that. God's saying, go into my pastures. Go into my fields. The harvest is plentiful. But Lord, listen, let me first. My dad is close to death. Let me bury him. God says, let the dead bury the dead. The loyalty to me should be above all else. Lord, things are going really well in my business. I've worked so hard. Come and follow me. Saint, here's the thing. I talk about it all the time. When you're laying on your deathbed and you're, you're breathing your last, you're gonna think, you know what? I'm so glad I followed God at all costs. Matthew chapter, or actually Luke chapter 14, verse 25 Luke chapter 14, verse 25 says this. Now great crowds accompanied him. Think about this. As Jesus is going around from town to town, these crowds, they just, they start to amass and they're following Christ. And they see him, he's healing people. He's healing the sick and the disease, the demon possessed. This is the God man. He's calling people to follow him. He says this to the great crowds. He turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciples. Say, is that what someone said to you when you came down the aisle? And you say, man, I just want to receive Christ as my Savior. I want to be with him. Is that what they counseled you when you came forward? Said, listen, the love for Christ, the love for Jesus is going to look like hate for everybody else, even those in your own household. Think about these words. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, The man began to build and was not able to finish. saying, have you done that? Because Jesus, the one that we follow, said that if we don't renounce everything in our life, we cannot be his follower. We can't be his disciple. Have you done that? Because if you haven't done that, there's no way you're going to say, yes, Lord, I will go wherever you call me to go because you haven't renounced it. You still have a shoe on and a shoe off. You're trying to please two different things. But see, our God is saying this, is that your love and loyalty to me is above everything. It looks like hate that you have with the other people, the other things, and your family. Saying, you know what? You know what's hard? You know what keeps people rooted where they're at? Blessings. Blessings from God can keep people from saying yes. Yes. To the next thing because what happens they get set up and they get dialed in and God says I'm calling you to this now and they say you know I'm I'm actually good you you call someone else and so the blessings of God are what keep people from being obedient to God let me give you an example of what we should do. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. As Jesus passed from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth. So there's Matthew. Things are good. I mean, the tax collectors, they were able to make some good money. And so here's Matthew at a tax booth. He's kind of got his job going. He's got his career going. And Jesus said, follow me, and he arose and followed him. He forsake everything. You know what? He said, I'll give up everything to follow Christ. What you're saying is, wait, I get to be one of your disciples? You're gonna use me? You're gonna gonna use me in your harvest? He says, he arose and followed him. And so saying, I hope this is that as I prayed, Lord, pray that you would send laborers into your harvest and if the Lord is gonna put it on your heart, you know what, there is something I'm calling you to do that you'll say, yes, Lord. You won't think about, wait a minute, what about all the things I'm going to give up? You won't count the cost of like, wait a minute. I don't want to lose everything that I've amassed here. You think, you know what? I already counted the cost years ago. I've already renounced everything. I'm his disciple. And wherever the king says to go, I go. Turn to Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. This is one of the saddest parts of Scripture. See the rich young ruler. There's going to be a dialogue with this rich young ruler and the ruler of the world. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You should not murder, you should not commit adultery, you should not steal, you should not bear false witness. on your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Jesus is telling this man, listen, sell everything that you have and come and follow me. I mean, think about this. What would you give up to follow Christ? What would you give up to be guaranteed that you're going to be with Him forever? Verse 22 And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had a pair of thousand pound golden boots. It says he had great possessions. You think about the title of this sermon is that you have a thousand pound pair of golden boots as in you got these boots and they are rich and they're beautiful and they're valuable but you can't move. And so when God, God blesses you and you got these boots and he says, hey, I'm going to send you here. You say, okay, you can't go. Because you're like, well, I I can't get rid of my golden boots. This man here had a chance to follow Christ. And he went away sad because he had great great possessions. What that means is no, I'm not going to give it up. And no, I'm not going to renounce it all. And no, I'm not going to love you, Lord, more than I love my kids or my mom or my dad or my grandkids. No, the answer is no. Verse 23, And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who think could be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter said, In reply, see, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Verse 29, this is for us saints. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last First. Saint, here's the thing. Imagine that you are Matthew when God said, Follow me. He left his business and he's following the Lord. Now Matthew's with God. He's in heaven. He's been there for over 2,000 years. Do you think he's happy with his decision? Yes. The rich young ruler with a thousand pound pair of boots, he was sorrowful because for a short time he had it good on this earth. And Jesus said, Follow me. He said, No. Now, if he didn't receive Christ as a savior, he's been in hell for over 2,000 years. Absolute darkness. And never gonna get out. See, See, I think sometimes we think, you know what, Lord, me and you are good because this one time I agreed to follow you. I was nine years old and I prayed the sinner's prayer and I've been to church ever since. But guess what? You have not renounced everything in your life to follow Christ. And if he came to you and you knew that it was him saying, I'm calling you, go do this, you would tell him no. I would say this, you're one prayer away with changing that. You're one prayer away of saying, Lord, you know what, that has been my life. And I have had a pair of 1,000-pound golden boots. But Lord, I'm taking the boots off. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I will do whatever you tell me to do. Because, listen, people need to hear the gospel. The harvest is plentiful. Think about this. You look out to a farm and it's full of the harvest and there's no laborers. Because all of us are playing around with the trinkets that God's given us. And he's saying, listen, listen. When I call you, you say yes. Just like Matthew. Now, I do not know God's will for each of your lives. I don't. And it could be to be here in Russellville, Missouri till the day you die. But here's the thing, is that your heart should be this. You know what? Then this is my harvest. This town is my harvest. Lord, tell me what to do. I'll say it. I'll do it. These are the people of my harvest. And with everything you do in life, let it be focused on, Lord, I'm just gonna proclaim your word, I'm gonna follow you, and I'm gonna be into your harvest. And you resolve that. So here's the thing, we balance God's word. We see one thing that God's blessing is family, and yes, we balance that, and we love our family. We honor our father and mother, yes. But ultimately, we love our God even more. And when our king says, this is what I'm calling you to do, we don't say, but Lord, it's really nice. I have it really set up. We say this, yes, Lord. Yes. And so if the Lord is tugging at your heart, and he's bringing something back up. Hey, remember that two years ago when I put it on your heart to do this, to go here, to say this? But you didn't go there. You didn't say it. You didn't do it. I want you to do that. And now you're saying, okay, Lord, I'm, yes, I'll go. I'll do it. Lord, you have changed me. I'm renouncing everything to come and follow you wherever you call me. If the worship team can come up. And then what you would tell the Lord is, Lord, I'm so sorry for the last two years that I didn't just... Do what you told me to do. That I didn't say the things you told me to say. That I didn't go the places you told me to go. But guess what, Lord? I'll do it. But Lord, I need your help. Help me. Help me. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. You are alive and you're on your throne. What an amazing thing it is to think about Matthew being with you right now. That he said yes. That he left a lucrative career in business. Gave it all up to follow you. and Now he's reaping the rewards for all eternity. Father, Help us to step out of the pair of golden boots to follow you. Lord, to be ready to do anything you tell us to do. But Father, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit to do it, and so I just ask that you would you would give us the strength and the faith and the bravery, the courage, and the love for the lost to follow you no matter where you call us to go. Lord, that our love for you would dwarf all others. That you would pierce us. Lord, I pray if anyone has said no to you, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself and show them that they have a second chance to say yes. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us to say yes. Lord, I pray that you would send us into your harvest, that you would anoint our lips to preach the good words of Jesus Christ and that people would get saved. Pray for Russellville, this harvest, Lord, that wherever the Christians of this church are, they would be talking about Jesus and what he has done for them and what he can do for them. Lord, save everyone in Russellville, Missouri. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your patience with us. Be with us now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.